get all the sounds out, everybody. Good job. Thank Good you. Job. Thank you for the Foley action. Yes. Uh, New York City. Keeps us alive. Um, pretty good um we're gonna do one more call back though so go go in the hall and practice and, mm -hmm. and come on back come on back yeah give yourself 30 minutes okay yeah cool. walk around the block do a matthew mcconaughey yeah. ready graphics ready theme I'm Jesse Mullins. And I'm Lauren Milberger. And this is FYI, the Murphy Brown Podcast. Hello, everyone, from the new home of Murphy Brown. Yes, welcome to New York City. It is the 1988-1989 season, guys. Mm -hmm. We're back. How the tables have turned, Cook. This was my favorite part of the whole thing. Oh, Frank. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to a special Thursday edition. Hello, welcome to Thursday, soon to be synonymous with Murphy Brown. Yeah, so we thought it was the perfect day to drop... Like that door. <laughs> well, now we have to keep that in. Yep. <laughs> uh, a little little talk about the upfronts, which we promised we would do. Yes. So it is upfront week in New York City. And while we're recording it, which mm -hmm. technically was last week. Um, for those of you who don't know, could you give a quick Sure, yes. Pretty much. Basically, the upfronts are when all the broadcast networks, channels with commercials, come out and present their new season to the advertisers so they can go, hey, give me your money. It's a how you doing of yeah. all the new shows and coming. And before the internet, it used to be, oh no, what's going to be picked up? We don't know yeah, until no they idea. make the announcement. Mm -hmm. But now they usually, the, the Thursday or Friday before, mm -hmm. it'll all get leaked and everyone pretty much knows. This is what happened with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm -hmm. And then 30 hours later. <laughs> Seriously, it was mind. saved. So yep. in a way, you know, it sort of balanced itself out. Exactly, yeah. Uh, shall I read the press release? Yeah, read the press release. Okay. So, Murphy Brown released, uh, CBS released an official uh, press release, and I shall read it for you now. Uh, multiple Emmy Award winners Candace Bergen and series creator Diane English reunite for Murphy Brown, the revival of the groundbreaking comedy about the eponymous broadcast news legend and her biting take on current events. Now in a world of 24-hour cable, social media, fake news, and vastly different political climate. Amid a divided nation, chaotic national discourse, and rampant attacks on the press, Murphy returns to the airwaves with her original FYI team, lifestyle reporter Corky Sherwood, investigative journalist Frank Fontana, and producer Miles Silverberg. Murphy's son Avery shares his mother's competitive spirit and quick wit, and has followed in her journalistic footsteps, perhaps too closely. Now back in the game, Murphy is determined to draw the line between good television and honest reporting, proving that the world needs Murphy Brown now more than ever. Diane English returns as executive producer with Candace Bergen for Bend in the Road Productions, Inc. in association with Warner Brothers Television. English created the series. Pamela Fryman will direct the pilot from a script by English. And uh, Pamela is best known as the director of How I Met Your Mother, mm -hmm. which has a great use of music and comedy and drama. So I think it's a perfect mix. I was very excited as well as a female director. Yep. And I think that there's a certain energy that happened that was alive in How I Met Your Mother that will serve this one very well. I think so as well. We don't know if she's going to continue on through the series or mm. if they're going to have different directors, but she's definitely doing the, the pilot. Which is great. Yeah. Which they talked about um, in interviews that the reason that they didn't film the pilot wasn't just because it was Murphy Brown, but because it is Murphy Brown, they wanted to be topical. Mm -hmm. So they didn't want to film a pilot and then months later they come out and be out of date. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so they're not... That's not in the can trying to get yeah. through it. No, they said there was going to be a three-week, in the interviews, this is with Candace and, and, uh, and um, Faith, 
a three-week gap. That's not based on how I, kn- I heard when they're going to start filming, but things can change. So that's a really small window if that's what they're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. But that's how quickly the news cycle changes. Exactly. Like, I, they have to now. It's that yeah. fast. Like j- We do this in my, in my theater company when we're writing things that we'll write a joke two weeks before we submit scenes that then is dated by the time the show happens two weeks later. It's so crazy. It's bananas. Yeah. Um, so we do have our... Our original series regulars of Candace Bergen, Faith Ford, Joe Regaluto, and Grant Shad. As we've said previously, the new actors are Jake McDormand as Avery, Tyne Daly as Phyllis, and Nick Dodani as Pat Patel. Yeah, and uh, according to Diane on Twitter, she had already said that they knew that they were going to be the week of September 24th, but they didn't know the day. Mm-hmm. Now we have the day, 9.30 on Thursdays, mm-hmm. and that'll be September 27th. Uh, we're getting close. We're getting very, very close, yes. And in fact, we should have started with, hello, everyone, from the new home of Murphy Brown. Yes, welcome to New York City. It's yes. going to treat you very well, we it promise. It will, yes, we promise. At least, you know, it'll try. So then there was some, so there was some speculation that came out about... Yes, so there is a, a tradition that CBS does. So they had their upfronts at 4 o'clock on Wednesday, and then they had something in the morning, was like a pre-breakfast thing, well, breakfast thing, mm-hmm. but pre-upfront breakfast, which apparently is dubbed uh, Locks with Less. Which makes me so happy. Which I absolutely love, <laughs> um, although he wasn't there this time. And um, and they sort of, sort of, it's a casual talk with the press. They have breakfast, and a lot of things sort of come out a little bit early before the big presentation. Yeah, they share some, some fun tidbits. Yeah, um, so continue. Well, so basically what was... What was shared um, ended up in the media as that Murphy will be doing a morning show herself and her son, Avery, will be doing a competitive conservative morning show, which led to a lot of opinions. Well, because the question that was asked was, oh, is it going to be like the rivalry between Morning Joe and Fox and Friends? Mm -hmm. And they went, yes, exactly. Think that. Yes. Which... Again, is not in an official press release and in conversation. So there was a lot of conversation. Now we were actually talking about this over text. We as were well. actually and, were yeah. And I was saying that um, in my potential headcanon for that, if now we're about to read something from Diane that kind of nips us in the butt. A yeah, little but bit. say this first. It's interesting. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I said that it actually wouldn't surprise me if they went that direction. If Avery is, if not conservative himself, playing the conservative role. Um, because if we look at the potential of Jake not being around um, and Jerry potentially being a father figure, Jerry being a conservative father figure, if they use Jay Thomas's death in a certain way that may have impacted them, then there's always that potential for if, especially if he gets estranged from his mother, much like she did from her Avery mother, that perhaps he decided to align with this father figure that is lost. And maybe he made sense to him for whatever reason. He did have that influence. Now, granted, his parents, his birth... We're assuming he did. Because last yeah, we saw exactly. Jerry, he married and went back to Germany. Yeah, so we, we don't know. But these are all, like, speculation headcan. Like, yeah. maybe this is how it works. But we do know that Avery's biological parents are liberal hippie, let's push the progressive agenda type people. So if he swung this other direction, maybe it's because he had an influence. There's also, I, I, re, I honestly really hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, because I want Jerry to have some sort of influence in the show. And I, and I know it, the, there'll probably be at least one episode mm-hmm. because of, of his relationship with Diane. Mm-hmm. But going off that is, you know, kids rebel. Look at Alex P. Keaton. Mm-hmm. You know, but my heart did hurt a little bit at first. I went, oh, and mm-hmm. then, you know, a split second later, my writer brain took over and was like, well, of course, it's that's conflict. conflict. Mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, many people, um, not everybody, something is revived or comes back. Mm -hmm. Some people get upset. Oh, my characters are in pain. Yeah. Because... We had the happily ever after yes, that we wanted. Because when you end something, you you end the story. And mm-hmm. that's sometimes the problem with soap operas, is mm-hmm. it keeps going on yes. and on, and there's no ending, because you have to keep continuing the story. It's the same thing we talked about about our, our conflicted feelings with the, the the revival for Will and Grace. Yes. Yeah. They were like, oh, well, we ended it now, so what so do we... we kind of unend yeah, it. Because we want to continue what we had, mm-hmm. and there was that gap. So this makes total sense. Now... Diane then came out and said that she felt that was a little misleading. Mm -hmm. She said, don't worry, Avery does not go to the dark side. (laughs) Speaking of Star Wars, Mm -hmm. it's more nuanced than that. Which, of course, I thought, crazy ex-girlfriend. Yep. That's all I want to reveal right now. Tune in September 27th. And as soon as we have ticket uh, mechanisms in place, I will let you all know. Mm-hmm. So if people aren't following Diane... You need to. You need to. She has promised that she will post information on tickets, whether you're in the area or not, but also just update information. And she's funny. She's hilarious. I mean, she wrote Murphy Brown, you guys. Like, yeah. You should follow Diane. She's great. <laughs> so she is on Twitter at Real Murphy Brown, mm-hmm. And then she posts lovely pictures on her Instagram, which is Diane English One. Yes. So... Definitely that. follow mm-hmm. her. So that was that was interesting. We were like, okay, maybe we can pull back on the speculation a little bit. Um, but as we have said previously, we really want to keep people open-minded and excited because if we're reviving something, that means we're probably going to mess some things up for a while. Be ready for that. Yeah, the and, conflict is what we. And I think that's for. why we both assume that you know, which maybe is wrong, that Jerry came back into her life mm-hmm. because that ending for them was because the show was ending and yes. it brought their story full circle. Mm-hmm. So I always think, okay. We're, we're always going to assume the show is going on without us when mm-hmm. we're not there. But exactly. if we come back to the story, that's what I love about the Mad About You finale. Yes. Is that it assumes that they're just going to keep having sitcom moments because that's it. And yeah. so all, they, they jump forward and it's all sitcom moments. They, I mean, that's what Parks and Rec did. Yes. Jump yeah. forward and it was all like, these people are older, but they're still in these ridiculous yeah. Like scenarios. literally, my favorite one in the Mad About You flash forward was, they find out they really aren't married. <laughs> yes. Such a trope. And I was like, ah, oh, I love this. So, so if the story is continuing, then Jerry probably got yeah. divorced and came back because that's what happens. But if the story mm-hmm. ends, then he's sure. not in that life. So we're hoping. But also, there's a, I think there's also a story in there to someone that you care about, mm-hmm. that you had a relationship with, and then you've lost touch because maybe they have gotten married and they moved mm-hmm. away. And if they do pass away, that regret. Mm-hmm. And then putting back on your own life, you know, life is short. So mm-hmm. there's a story both ways. Yes. But I think if, and as we tried to practice with this, if something, some news comes along or, or a tidbit happens with one of these characters that maybe isn't the way that you wanted to write it in your fan fiction, that's fine. But let's jump into a positive speculation of like, yes. okay, how can this be good for the show? How can this be interesting? How can this make a, expand the universe as we see it? And on top of that, I always felt that if Murphy Brown did come back, it needed to be sh- shaken up. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm actually very glad that Diane has taken them onto a new show. And obviously, this is something that's current that she wants to take advantage mm-hmm. of. You know, when Murphy Brown came out, you had 60 Minutes in mm-hmm. Primetime Live, and, and that was the zeitgeist of news. And the zeitgeist of news now is cable. Yep. So it's perfect. But I had been going off of, it's funny how you sort of subconsciously take things in your head, is that when they always ask Diane, oh, where's Murphy now? Oh, she's still on FYI. Mm -hmm. Because she's answering the, I realize now, she's answering the question as if, oh, where is she? Not create a structure and a 
a exactly. conflict, mm-hmm. which is what you need, which is if the story is done, oh, she's just still on the show. Yeah, that's fine. Look at 60 Minutes. But if we're bringing it back, then it can't be perfect because yeah. we're not going to just bring back an extended epilogue. So I had assumed that in my head, even mm-hmm. though I, if uh, I was writing it, and maybe I have in my brain, um, 20 years ago. <laughs> you're Mimi. Yes, you're right. Um, it just, it makes perfect sense for the for the narrative. Yeah, absolutely. And and like we have said that we're hopeful for is addressing the current news cycle and how that works. And we, now we should probably talk about the teaser that came out with the yes, we saying that, you know, the news became Us Weekly. Yeah. And like how, what, what's the new way yeah, to Yeah, and that was that. why Murphy wanted to uh, leave FYI. Mm-hmm. Although I do wonder if we're going to have a storyline that, some sort of ageism thing. Oh, I wonder, especially we talked about this, about hosting a morning show. Mm-hmm. You look at how that could be. And this is similarly to when we talked about Candace Bergen as an actor choosing to go to TV, that mm-hmm. that seemed like a step down. Like, there is a bit of a stigma that if you are a, a woman of a certain age and you go start doing hosting morning show, then you're past a certain prime. So I wonder if it is, if it's going to be of, it's still an, an, aggressively competitive creation or if it is like you know she's a little out to pasture but she's still trying to she it sounds like she retired yeah and And then came back maybe she couldn't find a way to come back and Mm -hmm. morning show is it because something that is really kind of crazy at least for our brand Uh is that the end of season one is the morning show Mm -hmm. which is murphy on a morning show and so that's going to be really interesting because who knows what more information we have when we go through that episode which will be in the summer Mm Or if not, we're going to revisit this conversation mm-hmm. because it's going to be completely a completely different lens. Yeah. Watching Murphy, who does a terrible job and hates it. Hates it so much. And now... But it, what is Murphy's morning show? And I think that's what we're going to find which out. Which is called Murphy in the Morning. I mean, come on. Uh, which Quirky might not be too happy about no. as the co-host of Murphy in the Morning. Yeah. So it must have been her, sh- her show first, but I don't know. We'll but let's, let's talk about Avery for a bit. Because yes. we've been waiting. Because we knew, we knew a little bit about mm-hmm. him in the sense that they said that he was... Um, competitive like her and very witty and was following her footsteps too closely. Mm-hmm. And I had taken that at, okay, well, he's definitely a journalist. Um, but does that mean that he gets a job on FYI, which obviously didn't happen, or is he competing with her for jobs? Or I even thought... I wonder he- if he's writing pieces that directly contradict what she's writing. Yeah, which now sounds like what's going to happen. And then the bad part of me thought, I hope he's not an alcoholic. Oh, I know. I but wondered about that. But what I do hope that might be some sort of storyline is the fact that this is a, a young man whose both parents are alcoholics. Yeah. Not just one. Mm-hmm. Jake and Murphy are recovering alcoholics. Yeah. So what does that mean to someone? Does he not drink at all? Yeah, I wonder if he's just a teetotaler. Yeah, does does he, does he have to be careful? Does Is he so young that he's not mm-hmm. thinking about it and Murphy's worried? And he's... She's watching him learn the lessons that she had to. Yeah, and so therefore he doesn't want to. I mean, mm-hmm. something that, that, that Jake, who plays Avery, mm-hmm. said at one of the interviews I read was that he doesn't particularly think that Murphy's as great as everyone says she is, which mm-hmm. is what you always think of your parents. Yeah. You know, like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just my mom. Yeah. I mean, it's the same way that she, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, we will. we will definitely... We'll definitely see. Um, so uh, what were your first reactions to the package that they put together? First of all, it, that it was so well done. It was such a love letter to the original show, that last oh. montage. I was also surprised by how much of season one was in that montage. 
How many clips from season one? Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised considering that that's it's probably... Yeah, but I was more surprised how much of the first couple of seasons. It's There's 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 a couple scenes from season 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, also it could also be there aren't as many from the seasons when Grant left because they want, obviously probably wanted a lot of group yeah, scenes together. But I, would, I was kind of assuming when I saw it start up, I was like, oh, they're probably going to do a lot that kind of like leave off a bit of where we were last. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of just the setup of the characters and who Murphy Brown was. It's a lot of season one through three. Yeah, it's awesome. It, it was it was very joyful. I just, there was something for me when it opens up. And first of all, seeing Murphy in the the red blazer. Murphy red. And those red striped like track pants. Those were fantastic. They're amazing. And she's, it so looks like she's like, I don't have to wear a skirt suit if I don't want to. Shout out to Patricia Fields. Right? I was like, go Patricia. Um, but seeing her sit there and hear Candace Bergen's voice come out in that Murphy pacing. Wasn't it very Murphy? It was so Murphy. I had sort of forgotten. Because I've seen her perform. I've seen her perform since Murphy Brown. I've yeah. heard Candace. It's not like I haven't heard Candace's Ber- Candace Bergen's voice. It's in not the years. same. But there's something about she started talking. I was like, oh, it's Murphy. Yeah. Oh, it's Murphy. And even the way she does the take to the camera and says, and be honest, you missed us. It was just like, there she is. There, regardless of anything else, there she is. If for some reason it was her and Frank. Frank just talking about, like, I was thinking about the, the cost label and going out and having to buy a tiki torch. And it was just like, oh, Frank. Because <laughs> he's thinking about, like, I have to go out there. I have to go out in this now. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. I. Um, for, for me, what really got me, I actually... Uh, it got released while I was on the subway <laughs> mm. and I couldn't get a signal. No. <laughs> so I had to wait like 20 minutes to watch it. And um, I finally got above ground, but it was raining that day mm. in New York and I, I had to go somewhere. And so I tried to watch it while I'm walking down St. Mark's. Mm-hmm. And eventually I just had to stop. Yeah. Like I. Oh, yeah. I, was, I, I sort of put myself over to this and it was when the music started. Oh, I know. <laughs> Because it is such a well-edited package. It really it's is. It's so well put together. There's so much thought into it. it. You know, all the clips are so current, even though they're not. The sounds jumping off each mm-hmm. other. Uh, Murphy talking about her job. Mm-hmm. The people, the music. So as soon as respect hit. Oh, I know. I just had to step over to the side like I was like on the side of the highway. And I got my umbrella. <laughs> and the rain is coming down. And the natural woman started. I And oh. I... Oh. Felt like I was 12 again. This is so embarrassing. And and I started to get emotional, and I, I cried a little bit. Oh, I the second they cut in the montage to her singing to baby Avery, I was openly sobbing. <laughs> it's this sort of warm nostalgia feeling. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that... I honestly don't think that I'm crying because, oh, my favorite character's coming back to TV. No, it just it hits you, man. It... It hits me why we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. There's something about this woman that helped me mm-hmm. at a very formative time in my life. And we are in sort of scary times right now. We are. And I've been thinking about this recently. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if subconsciously, when I was thinking about doing the show before I asked you, mm-hmm. if I subconsciously was thinking back to the last time I felt this way. Mm-hmm when I was that age and the person who helped me mm-hmm. and that was Murphy. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I don't remember thinking it at all. And I'm sure it was just in the back of my head that maybe I thought of the idea. Cause I went, Oh, 
she helped me when I had no hope. Mm-hmm. And everyone online, and, and you know, they're saying, oh, Murphy's come to save us. Murphy's come back. And yeah. that's kind of how, you know, it, it, it feels that way because you, you need to laugh through hard times. Absolutely. Right? And um, she's going to take on another president, another vice president. Mm-hmm. And I love that they put that in the package. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, one, that's what you're getting. Yeah, exactly. They got to know what they're getting. That's what they did. Yeah. And if anyone watches The Good Fight, even though it's on CBS Access, mm-hmm. it is very much... It's a, so you know, great. It's so great. Literally, the opening credits are televisions that... I mean, everything explodes. It's, mm-hmm. it's the most satisfying opening credits it to watch really everything is. explode to the music. Purses and mm-hmm. drawers and, you know, vases. And at the end, it's television sets. And one has Trump and one has Putin on it. And... Mm-hmm. It, I thought maybe it was going there more because it was CBS Access. Mm-hmm. Not that I thought they would neuter Murphy at all. Yeah. It was just nice to see it just out there like, this is what you're getting. Like, and then we had an election. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, thank you. Because that is, I mean, regardless of which side you were on, that was the massive split in our country recently. Regardless of which side you were on, that was the moment everything really changed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm glad they just called it out. And I had a moment watching it because we talk about a lot, a lot about how much we love it and we talk to others who love it and so on. Mm-hmm. But for the people who are like, oh, yeah, I remember that was a thing. I didn't really know about it. But you know, you know, I hear that from more people than I have contemporaries who mm-hmm. knew it. And there was this moment watching that montage because, they, you know, you get a lot of like fan packages and that kind of stuff. But seeing one done by the people who are behind it, who are bringing it back and by the people who love it. That package, that montage of after the the new introductions, just made, gave me this moment of like, oh my god, it was real, and it was and it was that good, that like kind of validation of like, oh god, it really it really was, it was that good. I mean, it's so sad that a show that has all these Emmy nominations and all these Emmy wins, it says so in the package mm-hmm. trailer. Um, 93 secretaries. I thought it was 99. I don't know why I thought it was 99. It was 93. Um, that and on for 10 seasons is forgotten because yeah. it's not streaming. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way it used to be. You know, if if someone yeah. was like, oh, you know, Starsky and Hutch is my favorite television show, you'd be like, oh, man, that's really dated. But I mean, they'd only, know it because, they'd only know it because of the, um, the movie. Right? The Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson room. But nowadays... Oh my God, The West Wing is my favorite show. How old are you? I'm 22. Like, and that's what I yep. <laughs> I hope that Murphy Brown can become. Yes. But I am a little worried because it's not streaming. That it's not mm-hmm. going to bring in some new audiences. Definitely, I'm definitely concerned about that. But I I still yeah I remain hopeful and optimistic. I think it's always a good plan to be hopeful and optimistic. Mm-hmm. And listen, Les Moonves says they're not expecting Roseanne numbers. They're just not. Yeah. So you know what? They well, know what to remember. As we just said earlier, that year the number one was Roseanne, and the critical darling was Murphy Brown. Was Murphy Brown. Not- I say go for what worked before. Yeah. Shoot for the good quality over the high immediate ratings and see what happens. It is the 1988-1989 season, guys. Mm-hmm. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> It was great seeing Grant step into oh. Miles. When and he sits down, just the way he's sitting. Yeah. Is it here? Is it here? <laughs> Something interesting, too, is, uh, and I know that when people sometimes talk about their lives, they gloss over certain things, but the fact that Miles is like, so I, I left FYI for a break. 
So I kind of wonder if his time at the evening news did not go very well. That's what I was wondering, too. Because it feels like he's got that Miles bravado of, like, yeah. covering for something. You know, I, I, I couldn't leave, you know, I wanted back in the game, as opposed to maybe he was desperate for a job because uh-huh. he couldn't hack it. And he ended up on The View. I know. That was so great. <laughs> I'm so glad there was The View that broke him. <laughs> Faith looks amazing. Faith looks, I, I Cor- love, she stepped into Corky so well. She just immediately walking in with that sign and just, I do find it very interesting that Faith um, has has a sassy response about another woman and her looks. And that oh. that was her undoing in that particular role. Yeah. Interesting how the tables have turned, that the hot new young thing took her. But I think that that's a, a, that's a great choice and very interesting that they put that right out there for anybody who knows Corky's entrance into Murphy's life. The fact's like, hmm, how the tables have turned, Cork. Yeah, I'm also curious as to who's going to be the new Miles then. I know. He needs to come face to face with his his former self Mm -hmm. in a way. And then we have Pat. Oh, Pat. Pat Patel. Oh, just living for that flip phone. This was my favorite part of the whole thing. Well, it's our new, it's, it's the injection of what's new. Yeah. And the fact that they're going to be making fun of that. Yes. That... I love that they can make fun of themselves. Mm-hmm. In, in, and, and I knew they would, but to put it in, in the trailer, I think, was really great. And the AOL thing... It's so funny. It's so funny. But it reminded me of something mm-hmm. that I wanted to share with everybody. Mm-hmm. Is a couple of years ago, an article came out, and I, I found it, and then sort of other articles on top of it, talking about how all of a sudden an AOL email had become sort of like a, a cachet. <laughs> and I remember this article because my friend Adam... Mm-hmm had AOL and we would make fun of him on Facebook just for fun, mm-hmm. you know? And and as soon as this article came out, I posted it and I was like, you are, look at you. Like, I, at I'm you. more hap- I'm more than happy to say, you know, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. You take this and, and run with it. So Ben Smith and Politico wrote this article about how AOL email as a status symbol. And the idea being that sort of the AOL survivors, as they call them, are people who are so established in their career that they never bothered to switch it or they had nothing to prove to anyone. Hmm. Isn't that sort of amazing? Yeah. Yeah. And so some of the people they talked about was David, this is 2011, by the way, so it could have changed. And they also wanted to make a point to say these people have another email, whether it's associated with maybe, you know, where they work or something like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, David Axelrod, uh, Al Franken at the time, Ed Rollins, uh, Dick Morris. And then I remember this article actually being about actors, uh, which I found with someone else talked about that. Paul Rudd, Steve Carell, Tina Fey, Sarah Silverman. Uh, And then Paul Rudd said, I like AOL because it's so embarrassing. People look at you as if you're a fossil, which you are, but I enjoy that embarrassment. I like being on the outside. Having an AOL address is like wearing Ocean Pacific shorts. It's so uncool that it's cool. Uh, and then media, which obviously is, you know, Murphy, uh, Matt Drudge, Ariana Huffington, David Brooks, Lawrence O'Donnell, Ann Coulter, and Tina Brown. Huh. I mean, I see that a lot with, uh, in a lot of people in, like, the finance industry and stuff like that still use AOL. I w- I've always been jealous of AOL because we didn't have it growing up and all my friends did. Aww. So I was always like, oh, it was the fancy thing that we couldn't have. And now it's fancy again and it makes me angry. I always think of... <laughs> oh, yeah. I always think about the dial-up tone. But I just... We didn't have AOL. We had AOL. It was my first email. And then I started using it for junk. And then I finally got rid of it. My first email was Hotmail because we didn't have a server like AOL. We just 
use the dial-up. That was my first um, real email mm -hmm. when I graduated college. Yeah, I think I did Hotmail, and then I went to Yahoo, and then I went to Gmail. But you can usually check someone's age. I'm on Gmail now as well, mm -hmm. but it's like, so AOL is like mid-50s on up, and then Hotmail is Now like, or? Now. Now. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, and, and listen, this is not a tried and truth rule. We're judging everyone right now. I'm not judging. I'm saying <laughs> I like mysteries. I like figuring things out. Of course I do too. I do escape rooms all the time. Like you can tell how old someone is usually because their birth year is in their email. True. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> I mean, the way we used to do it. Now, now, I'm, now I'm so glad we're at a point where people just put their names. Yep. Oh, thank goodness. We're past the whole, you know, uh, you know, creative thing. But sometimes it's fun to see someone's email and see like, oh, why did they come up with that? That's really cute. It's about their personality. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I have, I have a junk email that's my old email, and then I have a, a Gmail that's my professional email. Yeah. Yeah. As sure. we all do. Yeah. So that I thought that was a interesting little tidbit so uh thank you so much you can follow us on social media mm -hmm. um where we'll, we'll be uh posting all kinds of information on the updates for the revival as well as our episodes we have more interviews down the pipe um we can't talk about them until we officially post them but mm -hmm. believe me we're talking to some really amazing people that you guys are going to love we're very excited and we're we're getting into the the really juicy season one episodes so we're very excited to delve into the end of the season with yeah, you. Yeah, and tell your friends, even if it's not streaming, we recap the episodes. We you do. don't have to watch the episode to actually enjoy our podcast, and you can catch up on the show. Mm -hmm. We are Murphy Brown Pod on um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and our email is murphybrownpod at gmail. And we are murphybrownpod.com. Indeed. And listen to the Spotify playlist because we cannot play any of the music. We cannot, but we can inspire you with it there. Yes. Murphy Brown Empowerment Playlist. And I'm Lauren. And I'm Jesse. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.